Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4. Haha, I tricked you, this is just editing Sam. Um, We'll get into the uh, recording with me and Sophia in a second. I just want to say, get very hyped for this podcast. This is a very good episode. I'm gonna warn you, at the end, we definitely talk in circles to a certain extent. There's like new ideas being thrown out, but we're also like, there's a lot of old ideas mixed in with those. Also, just a warning, we do talk about sort of mature themes in our waitress discussion. They're not terrible, but just putting that out there. All right, enjoy. Welcome to episode four. Yay! (laughs) I'm here with Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Um, so, do you want to talk about, like, how we met each other, and then, like, what music classes and activities you're in? Sure. So, I, okay, the first time I remember meeting you was technically, like, in middle school, but, like, we weren't really friends. It was, like, from the musical, like, The Wizard of Oz, because you didn't go to Da Vinci. Yeah. Knew you from, like, the activities you did. And and then, like, more, um, uh your freshman year so that was last year sorry yeah here and like through show choir and choir yeah musical and stuff so I remember after Wizard of Oz <laughs> we were at Culver's for like three hours oh, yeah <laughs> with Ruby, Ingrid and Selena that was good times but then we yeah. like we like hardcore bonded that day but then we like didn't talk for the rest of the year <laughs> see you on a regular basis at school yeah so like the activities were over it was like well but yeah we've still like kept in touch like I came back and saw music man and stuff yeah all right so our musicals for today oh wait you didn't talk about what music class oh yeah sorry (laughs) I I'm in band and choir and I play the trombone I've taken band since like fifth grade and choir kind of like on and off throughout middle school and high school so I sing and I can play the trombone and so those (laughs) that's fun yeah and you're in show choir and you're in musical right yes yeah (laughs) lots of music activities yes (laughs) okay so today we're talking about waitress and chicago And these two musicals go together because they both advocate for the bad guy. Um, And the main characters are blatantly flawed and the musicals kind of encourage reckless behavior. Yeah, (laughs) true. I I didn't like think about, think of that similarity at first when you like said these two were together and I was like, how? But that's true. Yeah, I was trying to, I was like going through like, because I just wrote out, like, when I was trying to, like, match musicals up, I just kind of wrote out, like, musicals I thought would be interesting to talk about from, like, older ones and newer ones. And then I was like, how can we possibly make Waitress tie into any of these? Yeah, yeah. But then I thought about um that one song, oh, what's it called? Bad- I Didn't Plan It. Or oh, I Didn't Plan It. How she's like, 
calling Jenna out for being like a bad person. I was like, wow, she is a bad person. And then I was like, Chicago. When you think of waitress, you're like, oh, baking and happiness. And it's so happy. It's so good. But it's like, no, she is cheating on her husband. <laughs> yeah. You kind of forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Chicago run through time. So um, fun facts and star credit stuff. Um, so it's based on a 1926 play also called Chicago. Um, the original Broadway production opened in 1975 at the 46th Street Theater and ran for 936 performances until 1977. Um, and then the 1996 Broadway production holds the record as the longest running musical revival and the longest running American musical in Broadway history. And it's the second longest running show to ever run on Broadway behind the Phantom of the Opera, which is originally from West End. So that's why Chicago's the long- longest running American musical. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then the original Broadway cast didn't win any Tonys um, because that year Chorus Line took a bunch of them. Um, but the Revival won six Tonys. And the 2002 film version of the musical won the Academy Award for Best Picture. So, yes. Yeah, Chicago's kind of killing it. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> odd how it's, like, not popular at first, but then, like, kind of grew on people, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I also think it's weird that it's, like, because, like, I feel like Phantom of the Opera is, like, iconic, and, like, most, like, theater kids, even if they're not into, like, older musicals, like, they know Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. But it's crazy how many don't really know Chicago like I didn't know Chicago in like this past summer like I got into it in like September so like yeah yeah I'd only seen the movie like a couple years ago but like like definitely not when the movie came out itself like what yeah came out I finally saw it like my dad's like oh you'd like this you like musicals and I was like oh okay and and I yeah yeah a lot and then I listen to the music a lot so yeah and even like the movie isn't like an iconic like movie musical like singing in the rain or like True. wizard of Oz. like it's not like oh my gosh you haven't seen chicago that's crazy like it's just there even though it won yeah. best picture <laughs> i mean i don't know because i've never seen like a stage like the stage version of it like i never performed i've only seen the movie so i just wonder if like it's just different because you have I know you saw like was it De Pier did Chicago um yeah I saw Southwest Southwest yeah yeah like is it different because I feel like the because like one of the things I like about the movie so much is like how in the songs it's like it's like a a dream kind of like you know do you know what I'm saying I don't know yeah like they're singing but it's not like in the actual scene as most musicals it's like a separate thing where it's like just the characters singing their song kind of like yeah like a dream it's some of them are like that like for example like um funny honey like she's like she's yeah. singing the song while the scene is going on exactly and same with like mr cellophane like he's talking to the police but then he's also on a stage singing you know? that yeah that is different in the in the musical he's just like singing to the audience yeah um 
And then, like, also, like, Cell Block Tango. Like, I don't really think they reenact it very much. In the movie. Like, they do a little bit, but it's not, like, a different scene. Whereas, yeah, like, in the movie, that one- it like, shows them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they kind of, I if I remember correctly, like, they kind of, like, the, the, whoever's singing will, like, step forward and, like, talk about it. And then they kind of, like, reenact the motions if they, like, shoot someone. But, like, it's not, like, there's characters for, like, the guy and the whoever else was there, you know? Yeah. But that's what they do on stage version? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Synopsis time. So, act one. Alma Kelly is a vaudevillian who welcomes the audience to tonight's show and the song All That Jazz. Interplayed with the opening number, the scene cuts to February 14th, 1928 in the bedroom of chorus girl Roxy Hart, where she murders Fred Casely as he attempts to break off an affair with her. Roxy convinces her husband Amos that the victim was a burglar, and Amos agrees to take the blame. Roxy expresses her appreciation of her husband's willingness to do anything for her in the song Funny Funny Honey. However, when the police mention the deceased's name, Amos belatedly realizes that Roxy has lied to him. Roxy, feeling betrayed, confesses and is arrested. She is sent to the women's block in the Cook County Jail, where several women accused of killing their lovers are held and sing the song Cell Block Tango. Among the inmates is Velma Kelly, revealing herself to have been involved in the death of her husband and sister, though she denies committing the act. The block is presided over by matron Mama Morton, who is who happily accepts bribes in exchange for fame, and she sings the song When You're Good to Mama. She has helped Velma become the media's top murderer of the week and is acting as a booking agent for Velma's big return to vaudeville. Velma is not happy to see Roxy, who is stealing not only her limelight, but also her lawyer, Billy Flynn. Roxy convinces Amos to pay for Billy Flynn to be her lawyer in the song A Tap Dance although Amos lacks the funds. Eagerly awaited by his all-women clientele, Billy sings his anthem, complete with a chorus line... No, <laughs> let's try again. <laughs> Eagerly awaited by his all-women clientele, Billy sings his anthem, complete with a chorus of fan dancers, and sings All I Care About. Billy takes Roxy's case before realizing Amos doesn't have the money. To make up the difference, he turns the case into a media circus and rearranges her story for consumption by sympathetic tabloid col- columnist Mary Sunshine in the song A Little Bit of Good, hoping to sell proceeds in an auction. Roxy's press conference turns into a ventriloquist act, with Billy dictating a new version of the truth to the reporters while Moxie mouths the words in the song We Both Reach for the Gun. Roxy becomes the most popular celebrity in Chicago as she boastfully proclaims while planning for her future career in vaudeville in the song Roxy. As Roxy's fame grows, Velma's not- notoriety subsides, and in an act of desperation, desperation, she tries to talk Roxy into recreating the sister act in the song I Can't Do It Alone. Roxy turns her down only to find her own headlines replaced by the latest sordid crime of passion in the song Chicago After Midnight. Separately, Roxy and Velma realize there is no one they can count on but themselves, and they sing My Own Best Friend. And Roxy decides that being pregnant in prison would put her back on the front page. Woo, intermission. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So, any thoughts? Okay, well, like I said, I didn't, I haven't seen, like, the stage version. I've only seen the movie, and I, I, I 
and it's been like kind of a while since I've seen that movie, but I don't remember like some of those songs. So I wonder if they didn't make it in the movie because like obviously movie versions are different. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, I know like the story and the characters and the just right though. Yeah, some of them aren't like super memorable like I feel like everyone knows Roxy and my own best friend but like I don't really remember um a tap dance tap dance like I'd have to look that one up to really remember what happens in that I don't even know if it's on the Broadway cast recording because like I listen to that on occasion and I don't remember that song but maybe it's just like a short one I don't really know yeah yeah all right so act two Thelma returns to introduce the opening act resentful of Roxy's manipulation of the system and ability to seduce a doctor into saying Roxy is pregnant in the song I know a girl as Roxy emerges she sings gleefully of the future of her unborn non-existent child in the song me and my baby Amos proudly claims paternity but still nobody notices him and Billy exposes holes in Roxy's story by noting that she and Amos had not had sex in four months, meaning if she were pregnant, the child was not Amos's, in hopes that Amos will divorce her and look like a villain, which Amos almost does, but sings the song Mr. Cellophane. Velma tries to show Billy all the tricks she has planned for her trial in the song When Velma Takes the Stand, which Roxy treats skeptically. Roxy, upset with being treated like a common criminal and considering herself a celebrity, has a heated argument with Billy and fires him. Billy warns her that her kind of celebrity is fleeting and that she would be just as famous hanging from a noose. At that moment, Roxy witnesses one of her fellow inmates, a Hungarian woman who insisted her innocence but could not speak English, as she is hanged in the song Hungarian Rope Trick. The trial date arrives and the now freshly terrified Roxy runs back to Billy, who calms Roxy by suggesting she will be fine so long as she makes a show of the trial in the song Razzle Dazzle. Billy uses Amos as a pawn, turning around and insisting that Amos is actually the father of Roxy's child. Roxy steals all of Velma's courtroom acts in the song Class. As promised, Billy gets Roxy acquitted, but just as the verdict is announced, some even more sensational crime pulls the press away, and Roxy's fleeting celebrity life is over. Billy leaves, done with the case, admitting that he only did it for the money. Amos tries to get Roxy to come home and forget the ordeal, but she is more concerned with the end of her brief run of fame and admits she isn't pregnant, leaving Amos in the dust. The final scene cuts to a Chicago vaudeville theater where Roxy and Velma, who is acquitted offstage, are performing a new act in which they bittersweetly sing about modern life in the song Nowadays. The former Mary Sunshine, revealed during the trial to actually be a man in drag, takes his natural male form as a pushy vaudeville promoter shaping Roxy and Velma's dance in the song Hot Honey Rag to make it as sexy as possible. The show ends with a brief finale and that's the song finale. Yay. So who's your favorite character from Chicago? Um my favorite character is Velma. Yeah, Velma Kelly because like I mean okay she's like similar to Roxy but like also not and like Yeah. I guess I just feel for her more because like both of them are in the prison, but, like, Velma right. is there for, like, kind like, obviously they both committed, like, they both did murder, and, like, that's not good, but, like, in a way, like, Velma, to me, like, hers is more, like, sympathetic, because I was, like, 
her sister was cheating, like cheating with her boyfriend or whatever. Right. And then, like, as opposed to Roxy, she was just cheating on her husband and <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so I just like her for that. And then, like, her whole thing where like she's like a show business girl, and so like I really love her number. Um, I can't do it alone. She's yeah. just like basically just like kind of begging for Roxy's help so she kind of like comes around because they're both really like stuck up and like prideful yeah but then like she comes around and like realizes she like needs her and yeah right. it's just kind of a twisted yeah. life and situation right um so which character would you want to play Velma Kelly <laughs> yeah she's my favorite and like she just has a lot of like dancing and singing like good songs and yeah I feel like she like Roxy is like almost like whoever plays Roxy like okay obviously everyone contributes to the show but I feel like Roxy has to be like really like dedicated and methodical and like kind of carry the (laughs) show but like Velma has like just as big of a part that she can just kind of like have more fun yeah like because they're both like pretty much like I I guess you would consider Velma supporting but like at the same time they're both really involved in the story yeah yeah I like she's not like the Mm -hmm. lead but like she is a yeah like yeah like in Mamma Mia you wouldn't call oh my gosh why can I not remember her name (laughs) the daughter what is her name Sophie and Donna like they're yeah, they're yeah, both Sophie. the leads basically, but some Sophie's supporting, right. and I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I feel like Donna's like the lead, but I would still call Sophie. I a know, lead. like, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what's your favorite song from Chicago? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> what comes to mind is like both reach for the gun just because like i just like the whole puppet thing like that like yeah metaphor i guess or i don't know like symbolism or whatever like whole like thing and it's just like really and it's like a big number like it's not it's like kind of a chorus number too like there's a lot of other stuff big and the same thing goes for razzle dazzle i also like that one Mm -hmm. it's super fun and like i don't know like really like this is the i think this is the 20s like the roaring 20s so it's a lot of influenced music and i just like that aspect of it so a lot of like yeah you know like the flappers and all that so that's what like razzle dazzle is and then and then like really like um when you're good to mama just because that character she's also she's definitely supporting so she's not in it a ton but i do like her character i just think she's interesting and kind of like Mm-hmm. like sassy so then that song is like her song and like her moment and it's super yeah. like jazzy and like cool like that so yeah I I almost feel like like those three songs like just kind of like set up like the dynamic of the musical like when you're good to mama you're like oh like this jail like that's I see how it is like that's how it's run and then like um 
we both reach for the gun, you're like, oh, like that's how. You're yeah, because that's a lie, basically. Like that's how they, the whole kind of like where the lies begin. Kind of like, oh, well, what if right. we both reach for the gun and you're like, oh, I did it to save Amos. And, you know, like it's all lies and it's yeah. just the beginning. Yeah, exactly. I feel like before those songs, you could have seen it as like Roxy is like the villain, even though she's the main character. But then like when you hear those songs, it's like. Oh, like everyone's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And then any like unpopular opinions or other thoughts you have? Um, I don't know. I, I also really like the ending. Like the, what is it? It's like uh, nowadays with. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. The ending. I remember when I first watched this. The ending, I was like, wait, that's it? That's how it ends? Like, they yeah, like, terrible people, like, kind of. And they get everything they want. They become famous showgirls, and she gets her dream, and, um, and like, Amos just doesn't, you know? He, like, the stuff from yeah. there. Because he's, like, the only really good guy at the end of the day. Right. So I was just like, wow, this is really kind of twisted, but it's still, but I didn't hate it. Like, part of me was like, I should hate this, but I don't, you know? Because it's... Right morally yeah. not good but like but I kind of like that I think that's really unique about this musical is like it's kind of like mm, controversial yeah I think they did like obviously that was on purpose kind of just to like because that's I don't know exactly if that's accurate of like how the times were like how like in like the 20s like the roaring 20s like all these women murdering people like I want that what yeah. how Chicago was at the time because there definitely was like the mafia or mobs or whatever like the gangsters right. and all that so I'm like well this is interesting because it's like women and and it's like a cycle yeah. like you said like her um Roxy's fame is very fleeting because there's just enough like there's a they're all kind of like a dime a dozen like there's so many girls in there for the reason right so that the fact that she's like becoming famous and oh she's pregnant like they have to do all this stuff to like out to keep yeah, it up because yeah. pretty soon they'll just forget about her and they kind of do and but then at the end they like become showgirls and get their yeah 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 all right so waitress time okay so waitress is based on a 2007 film also called waitress um, Broadway actors and actresses include Jeremy Jordan, Jesse Mueller, Colleen Ballinger, Jordan Sparks, Jenna Ushkowitz, Jason Mraz, um, Tajik Hall, Al Brokeran, and Gavin Creel, which is funny because he actually played the original Jimmy in Thoroughly Modern Millie, which was the first episode of this, so now tying it back <laughs> together. Um... Sarah Bareilles played Jenna in the West End production, um, and Waitress also didn't win any Tonys. I know. But that's sorry. I sorry. Ben Hamilton just stealing everything that year. Stole everything. I know. Literally every other musical that year was pretty good, but like yeah, Year of School there's... of Rock, and yes, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, yeah. School of Rock, Waitress, and um, Tuck Everlasting is one that, like, I feel like that one gets, like, really hidden because of Hamilton, yeah. like, and it's so weird because, like, I feel like 
Hamilton, if it had come out any other year, like, there wouldn't have been a ton of competition. But, like, all of the musicals that came out in this year, I feel like, were really solid. Like, what, there was, like, a year just recently, it was the, a band's visit, Mean Girls, and, like, okay. Bob were the big Okay, band's there. visit swept, though, because... That was the yeah. year of Spongebob, Frozen, and Mean Girls. And when you think about it, those are right. all really, like, childish based on movies. Like, Spongebob, like, you know, versus the band's visit, which is very exactly. like, dramatic, not like yeah. these comedic, funny shows. Yeah. Right. And, like, yeah, I've I've listened to the band's visit. I'm like, I guess I enjoy it. I don't, I don't, like... I'm not obsessed with it or anything. I feel like if, honestly, like, if Waitress or School of Rock or Hamilton came out that year, they probably would have yeah. swept. Yeah. So that's unfortunate that 2016 was just so hardcore. <laughs> that that was the Hamilton year, you're saying? Yeah. 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 All right, so act one, um, Jenna is a waitress, an expert pie baker at Joe's Diner in the American South who imagines tough situations as pie ingredients in the song What's Inside. She begins another day at the diner with her boss, Cal, and waitresses Becky and Dawn in the song Opening Up. After she almost throws up, Becky and Dawn convince her to take a pregnancy test, which to Jenna's dismay comes back positive due to a drunken night with her abusive husband, Earl, in the song The Negative. Earl comes to the diner and suggests he make make Jenna quit and give her and give up her passion for baking. Wait, what is happening? Okay, <laughs> I see. <laughs> he takes the tip she's earned from working so far that day. She decides not to tell him about the pregnancy and recalls her late mother, who also found solace from an unhappy marriage in baking in the song What Baking Can Do. At her OBGYN's office, um, a fellow patients sing the song club knocked up and jenna meets dr jim pometer a new doctor from connecticut jenna explains she does not want her baby but is going to keep it and leaves dr pometer with a pie which despite the fact that he is off sugar he eats and loves in the song pometer pie um word of jenna's pregnancy reaches joe the diner's curmudgeonly owner who suggests she enter a local pie baking contest with a large reward which would allow her to leave her husband don has turned to online dating but is terrified of what could happen in the song when he sees me jenna runs into dr pometer at the bus stop he compliments her pie saying it could win contests in the song it only takes a taste jenna arrives home to learn earl has been fired he berates her and his anger almost turns physical until she confesses she is pregnant he makes her promise not to love the baby more than him and sings the song you will still be mine Jenna tells Dawn and Becky her plan to enter the pie contest and use the winnings to leave Earl for a new life with the baby. The three waitresses see their dreams of a better life within reach and sing the song A Soft Place to Land. Jenna begins to give Earl only half her earnings, hiding the other half around the house in order to save up for entering the pie contest. Dawn's date, Ogie, visits the diner and insists he get to know Dawn better in the song Never Ever Getting Rid of Me. Don and Ogie realize they both enjoy American Revolution reenactments and how much they have in common. Jenna makes an appointment with Dr. Pometer where she impulsively kisses him. Though both are married, they decide to escape their frustrating lives and begin an affair in his office and sing the song Bad Idea. Intermission! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, this is kind of weird, but for some reason, I saw this when it came to the PAC, and for some reason, I thought this was set in Illinois. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know where it, I know it's in the South, but I don't think they ever say exactly. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I literally have no clue where I got Illinois, though. Like, I do not know what would have prompted that. I think that. in one part she says, oh, the Springfield Pie Contest is starting next week in Springfield. Oh. I think it's the capital of Illinois. So maybe. I- yeah. But oh. I don't know. I, I mean, because they all have southern accents and. So it's. Yeah. Probably not Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, it is set in the American yeah. South. But okay, that that's why I yeah. thought it was Illinois. That makes more sense. Okay. All right. Okay. Act two. After her tryst, Jenna discovers Becky and Cal making out at the diner. The married Becky is unashamed of giving into passion and sings, I didn't plan it. Jenna and Dr. Pomander continue their affair, as do Becky and Cal and the song bad idea okay, yeah actually place. becky is married so she yeah. is having an affair but she's having an affair but don okay. and ogie are yeah, having yeah. an affair yeah they're just dating okay <laughs> jenna wonders if their affair is a, mis- is a mistake but dr pomander reassures her she begins to write she begins writing a mental note to her baby and the song you matter to me several months pass and don and ogie marry and sing i love you like a table at the reception, Jenna asks Cal dis- asks if Cal let's try Okay. <laughs> Jenna asks if Cal, despite his affair, is truly happy. He responds that he is happy enough. Joe tells Jenna his sincere hopes for her in the song Take It from an Old Man. Earl drags Jenna home and uncovers the money she has been hiding. She meekly tells him that she has been saving it for the baby, but Earl leaves with the money, and Jenna sings Dear Baby. Jenna breaks down, lamenting her long-lost control over her life in the song She Used to Be Mine. Jenna goes into labor, and the song Contraction Ballet plays. She sees Joe at the hospital on his way to surgery, knowing he is dying, but he gives her an envelope to open later. Earl, Becky, and Don, and even Dr. Pomander's wife, who is a resident at the hospital, crowd the delivery room, and Jenna cries out in distress, giving birth in darkness. She names her daughter Lulu. Jenna finally tells Earl that she wants a divorce. Dr. Pomander visits Jenna alone in her room, but Jenna refuses his kiss, saying she doesn't want to remain happy enough. She ends the affair. As thanks for his positive impact on her life, she gives him a pie. Jenna remarks on her change in outlook with Lulu in her life in the song Everything Changes. Jenna opens Joe's note to discover he has left her at the diner, asking her to name a pie after him. A few years later, the diner has been rechristened Lulu's Pies, and Jenna, the owner and head chef, is content that her life is finally turned around, and they sing the song, opening up the night. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Alright, so, who is your favorite character from My Waitress? favorite character is Jenna, because she, it just goes through so much, she, I mean, like, from the beginning to the end, and she just shows, like, like her backstory in the be- like at- even in the beginning i just like felt felt for her cuz like her mom she was obviously really close with but isn't around anymore her dad i think we get the idea left or he wasn't really a good role model so yeah i think he was kind of yeah. similar to earl because she has that one line 
in I think it's what baking um, can do. What baking can do? Yeah, <laughs> yes, Sophia. Yeah, that's my favorite. Hi, it's editing Sam. I just want to clarify when past me said really exuberantly, yeah, yes, Sophia. It was not because I thought Sophia was incapable of remembering a song and I was impressed with her. It was because she sang the song for solo comp this year and I was remembering that. So there you go. Oh, yeah, like something I never got to ask her about. Because, like, what I really like, yeah. I, okay, when I got into this musical, I first listened to the soundtrack just because, like, Spotify was like, oh, listen to this. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so I listened to that. <laughs> um, and then, luckily, like, a year later, I got to go see it on Broadway. So that was really cool. So, when I, versus listening to it to seeing it, what I really liked was, uh, like, the choreography, even though it's not like choreography, it's like more like blocking. She's like, has her baking table and whatever. But there's like this moment. Where, like, it's a flashback of her mom and her dad, and it looks like her dad is, like, being aggressive with the mom. So, like you said, she it seems like her father is similar to Earl. So, yeah, she, yeah, she already has, like, a tra- like a really kind of sad backstory. And her only family right. is Dawn and Becky, which is just, like, really nice that they have that, like, little diner, co-worker, friendship bond. Because, like, all they have. Yeah. 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 And I like how that like highlights that like things like that like end up in a cycle yeah. like despite the fact that people don't want them to like cuz Jenna was like I never understood why we didn't just leave like we could have just left but then like there she is in an abusive relationship that she just yeah. doesn't leave even she's making could. mistakes. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of I don't know like I feel like it's also kind of the cycle of where they are because like Becky's in a similar situation where she's not happy in her marriage. There's even this joke right. in the negative where it's like, Oh, he got me drunk. I do stupid things when I drink, like sleep with my husband. And then Becky's like, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> it's like, what? you guys are yeah. sleeping with your husband. Like, that's not great. But like, yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah. we're at the time. Cause technically it's modern, but like, who knows? This could have taken place. Not necessarily. To yeah, I don't think there's any like real like, like oh she like uses her cell phone like, it is kind of like timeless to us. Yeah, because I think like, the only use of technology is, um, Don does online dating, so I guess fairly modern. Oh, yeah. I guess it's after like two. Yeah, so it, can, it it has kind of like a older feel to it. It's not in like it doesn't feel very modern, but it's not like yeah decades old (laughs) right exactly um so yeah you already said your favorite song thoughts on the romance did you like dr pomander and jenna together do you think they should have stayed together yeah okay so i like i said i first got into this musical just by strictly listening to it because i wasn't like able to go see it or anything for a while so when mm-hmm. I listened to it, I like I didn't really know how it ended because they don't really blatantly say it. And I just I don't know. I just didn't want to know because uh, sometimes I'm like, I don't want spoilers of musical just because one day I hope to see them in person. Um, like, right. <laughs> I didn't know if she ended up with the husband or the doctor, but I did obviously really like their relationship because um, her husband 
you know, he was awful to her and he didn't understand her and they got married really young. So it's kind of like they're stuck in that mindset like, oh, like they just never really. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) No, I get what you're saying. There's like that song, You Will Still Be Mine. That's that's a bad also. It's like really like scary, but I love that song. But like he's like like the whole song is just about them in high school and it's like they're still like in that mindset of like I like I was in my band and you were baking yeah. pies. Like and... he's still stuck. Yeah. He's kinda like one of those people who like peaked in high school type things. Like he has like a very right. mediocre job and he takes her money and very like yeah. trapped in like the past and like he he's kind of like settled he doesn't want to he doesn't want a better life but jenna's different like she doesn't right. want to be a waitress she wants to bake pies professionally and so that's why they don't work and i don't like obviously want them to be together because she's not getting she never really like thought she could have more she kind of settled so i'm like i don't want her to settle yeah and doctor Right. He sees her, they connect, he loves her baking, he supports her baking, and she's also, like, he's just very caring towards her. They have a really nice connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one thing, like, I didn't get, like, clearly, I mean, like, we aren't the character, so we mm-hmm. don't know how she feels, but, like, as the audience, I got the impression that, like, he was... Like it, she wasn't just like happy enough. Like she was genuinely happy. She she sings that whole. Well, she doesn't sing it. It's that whole, um, letter to her baby. Mm-hmm. Oh dear baby. Hi there. It's editing Sam back to correct another one of past Sam's mistakes. It's not the song Dear Baby. Dear Baby is the song where she tells her baby that they will not be entering the pie contest. This happens in You Matter to Me, but she does say Dear Baby, so I understand what past me was thinking, but she was still wrong. And she forgot that this is part of one of the best duets of all time, so yeah, I'm a little disappointed in her. Alright, this is Editing Sam Part 2. I just want to say, this next about 20 minutes of recording... It does involve us repeating ourselves a lot, but the discussion we have is so good. So just bear with it. You're going to hear a lot of the same thoughts again, but there's a lot of different thoughts mixed in. So just, you got this. (laughs) That's like about how like she's like in love with this guy and like she hopes that her baby finds someone like that. And then she's just like, well, I don't just want to be, like, happy enough. Like, you yeah, want okay, happy. When you're saying the synopsis, I was like, I don't remember that line. But I, I kind of, I believe it. But, like, oh, my gosh, what I love about Dear Baby is she's like, I hope one day someone just wants to hold you for 20 minutes straight. They don't try to kiss you or hug you. They just hold you. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so, so sweet. Because yes. her husband obviously just kind of, like, sees her as an object, sees her as a housewife. When they when the doctor and her have a, such deeper connection where he's just there for her he's not trying to do anything selfish he's just trying to comfort her oh right exactly <laughs> yes and i also feel bad because i feel like it's ironic because 
like, okay, Dr. Pomander didn't have, like, a bad marriage, but I feel like his, because he talks about, that was another thing that surprised me, because I was just kind of like, well, like, I get they're having an affair, but I feel like it's just kind of a fling, but then, and, like, Dr. Pomander, like, why is he such a bad person that he would, like, cheat on his wife like that, but then when, like, because Francine's not in the soundtrack, but then, like, when you learn about her, it's like, oh, because he's not really happy with her and she doesn't take his feelings into consideration because he wanted to stay in Connecticut, right? But then she had to do her residency. So, like, he's just, like, following her around and, like, isn't really happy. And so, like, he is just happy enough. And so, like, him being with Jenna was, like, that, like, being more than just happy enough. But then she is, like, well, I don't want to be just happy enough. So then she ends the affair. So he's that stuck. really surprised me. Because, okay, when I, like I said, when I was listening to this, I was, I didn't even know he was married until I saw it. And I was like, oh, he's also cheating. I thought he was like a bachelor or something. So I was like, okay, oh, that's, yeah. you know, kind of makes the situation worse. But anyway, right. oh, well, duh, he does say, she does say you have a wife and bad idea. Okay, I don't know. But I Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I didn't think about that, so that surprised me. And then, yeah, like he's also not happy with her entirely. Like they both settled, so when they find each other, it's kind of like they're getting what they truly deserve and what they've always wanted. But yet they end things, and I didn't know how to feel about that for a long time. But I've kind of like accepted it and can understand it. But it definitely caught me off guard. Yeah. I think, like, it makes sense for Jenna, but I almost feel like it was a little bit, like, selfish. I mean, not exactly, but, like, it's almost like the musical was being selfish because you don't see Dr. Pomander or what happened with the yeah. rest of his life. And especially because he had that, like, time where he was having an affair and he was really happy. Like, what did he exactly. do for the rest of his life? Like, does he, I always like, wanted to they settled with Francine and then just, like, think about how things could have been better? I always like... wanted to know if he ever told his wife or if he divorced her. Because we know Jenna divorces her husband, so she's never not going to, like, right. necessarily tell him, I had an affair. But, like, this wife, if they, like, Francine, if they stay together and he never tells her, that's kind of messed up. Yeah, that also, like, that's... Like, does he not tell her good. or not? Does he divorce her or not? Like, whatever choice he makes is drastically going to change his life. Kind of like, right? oh, he accepts that she they're not going to have an affair anymore, so he's going back to his wife. It's just kind of like, well, the wife doesn't deserve that. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I think this, this, like, musical just raises, like, a lot of questions. I think the song I Didn't Plan It, too, that. that I was talking about before, that's such an interesting song and I don't think I've ever heard a song that like yeah does that like she just because like Chicago like in those songs well yeah we can kind of move into okay, like, yeah, similarities yeah. and differences like in Chicago the like yes the main character is like a bad person and so is Velma but like it's still like they're calling out specifically how bad of people they are and they're not like yeah. justifying it whereas like waitress like the main characters are all like really flawed and like make like morally wrong mm -hmm. decisions but like they, they justify they, it tr they try I don't 
Yeah. Like, because, like, you sympathize. You're like, oh, I understand, like, Jenna's not happy. And, like, she and Dr. Pomodoro are, like, so good together. But then, like, in Chicago, you're like, well, why would you just kill this guy? I know. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. Because, like, I feel like the whole mood and tone. Chicago is like it's kind of on the like darker side but like you don't have that with waitress um even though they're similar in terms of both kind of committing adultery you know yeah right also what I like talking about this I kind of realized was both settings and kind of like plots are similar because in Chicago there's, like, this whole idea of, like, the cycle of these women, you know, committing murder, going to jail, and then becoming famous in the news for their trial, and then either, you know, mm-hmm. she gets committed, she gets set free, whatever, and they move on to the next girl. So it's, like, this whole kind of vicious cycle of crime and deceit right. and cheating and lying. So there's that cycle. And then also in Waitress, they also kind of set up this vicious cycle of like women in the south being kind of like poor or marrying young and just not enjoying their marriages or their decisions or whatever being on their husbands yeah. like there there was two out of the three main girls in waitress who did that so it's like are we supposed to believe that's like a lot of women in this southern america <laughs> yeah vicious cycle yeah like they both have that kind of setting yeah yeah definitely i also think it's it's interesting i feel like amos and um what's her name the ogie and dawn um like i feel like they kind of play a similar part where they're like both just kind of like giving balance yeah. to the story like no not everyone is yeah. crazy and I think they both like having them in the story like calls out a little bit more the bad things in the story because like if Amos didn't exist you would just be like oh like just that's the way Chicago was like everyone just did things that were morally wrong but then when you have Amos it's there like oh people. well but there are good people, exactly. So it, it doesn't, like, just give them a pass. Like, that was just what everyone did because some people were still good. Just, like, how Dawn, like, is just dating a guy and, like, learning to actually, like, yeah. love a guy before she yeah. gets married. That's, she breaks the cycle. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then, well, the di- well, one thing that's different with the two is at the end of Chicago, it kind of doesn't necessarily get better they're still kind of bad people and they get everything they want so they're fine but then at the end of waitress she doesn't necessarily get everything she wants she's like i don't like she's kind of doing the right thing as versus like velma and roxy because she divorces earl and she ends the affair and raises this child on her own and finally gets all her dreams like the pie yeah she like makes a sacrifice to get all of her happiness whereas like in chicago like 
they're just like like they just get yeah. everything like, like, technically Amos left and that's a, but that wasn't a sacrifice like that didn't affect her at all she didn't she right. care less that he left yeah she didn't want him there like, exactly yeah yeah so I think that kind of so then like moving into what does that say about musical theater over time like I think that kind of points out like I was talking about before how like audiences maturing and like understanding more like complex situations and characters like it's easier to like like sympathize with a character like that where it's like they can have a character that you're supposed to like still be a bad person whereas in Chicago like if the character was a bad person they had to like you had to see them as the villain yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying. Like, with Chicago, they're obviously, fl- like, both of them are obviously flawed characters, but with Chicago more, they don't even, like, try and make her, like, redeemable or whatever, because she, she doesn't really change. With Jenna, it's kind of like, yeah, hey, root for this, you know, affair kind of thing. Where, like, but then right. as an audience, you can be like, well, what do you think? Like, does, is this. Even though she's not in love with her husband, is it, like, justified or is it not? And then at the end with her ch- deciding yeah. to leave both of them, it's kind of like, oh, that's a whole other, like, complex idea and and plot right. to see. Yeah. And, like, even, like, making Jenna's, like, relatable yeah. almost. Like, a lot of people, like, you can see yourself exactly. in her. Whereas, like, Roxy, like, who just kills... A random guy that you were having an affair with because he didn't like you anymore. Like, no one does that. She's just greedy. She wants to be famous. She doesn't care about her husband. She she knows she has him wrapped around her finger, so she uses him. She uses her lawyer. She's definitely not relatable at all. Yeah. So I think, like, Waitress kind of, like, calls, like, encourages you to, like, call yourself out and be like, okay, so, like, what am I doing wrong in my life kind of that's like because her friend even calls her out like you, go ahead throw at me but you're right. like doing the same thing you know because she gets exactly. mad at her, like you're having an affair well it's like so are you so it's really... yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like I think yeah that like almost applies to like the like the audience comparing themselves to like the characters in the musical where it's like you can be like, oh my gosh, you're in this like horrible relationship and you're having an affair and you got pregnant, but like we all are flawed. And so like we have to like hang on and like call ourselves out on that. Like, but, but we're not perfect either. <laughs> like this is just kind of what happens and it's not like necessarily easy to just like get out of a relationship. Yeah, or... it's one of those things where it's like it's going to get worse before it gets better type things. Which is... Right. Yeah, because she... yeah, yeah, because she lost everything. She lost her money, and she couldn't. Because she was gonna run away, which was like a big deal. Because her mother never did that. She was gonna do what her mother never got to do, but I was taken away from her, yeah. and she didn't know what to do. And she was gonna have this baby no yeah. matter what. But just yeah, I also this this doesn't have to do with similarities and differences, but I was like shook when she said like it was all for the baby because 
doesn't she say like she decides not to enter the pie contest before Earl even finds the money, right? Uh, I don't think so because like Dear Baby goes right before she used to be mine. So I think like her husband finds the money and then she's like crying because she doesn't have any money. So she's like, you know, I was going to get that money to go. Or what is she? She says like, Oh, you want to know the story how we bought your crib? I used the money. I, I used. I was going to buy us oh, a new yeah. life to buy the crib. And the pie contest is starting and we're not going. And then she said. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But that was like. Yeah, I feel like that that's such like a. A big moment in the. And, like, also, this is... Okay, she used to be mine. Having, like, 50 meanings is so mind-blowing how that song is just... It's I know, so it's good. so heartbreaking. <laughs> I can't, like... Oh, my God. I remember... Okay, I before I listened to Waitress, that was the one song everyone knew from that musical because it's, like, iconic. And, and right. opening up, kind of. But, like, I knew... I'd heard of that song because it was, like... Yeah, a lot yeah, of would sing exactly. it, and, and it was, like, at the Tonys, it was, like, the performance, so I was like, okay, I know that song. So when I listened mm-hmm. to it, I was like, yeah, this is, like, a really good, like, well-written song, and, but then sing it in the production, like, whole other meaning, whole other experience. It was literally like I was listening to that song for the first time, and I kid you not, I sobbed. I, I cried so hard. <laughs> and the queen like she oh my god i because i'd listened to that song hundreds of times but then when i saw it in person it was just so emotional and i was just crying and i was like oh my god i feel for this character so much yes and i think it's so cool how like they sing the song you will still be mine that's like just him thinking about like Mm -hmm. how he has control over her and like you are mine and then like the song like she used to be mine is like i don't have control over my life she used to be like her own person but then gave a little bit of it away each and every day when ed or earl was always kind of like taking the money like taking a piece of her every time because he just controlled her yeah and then like when um there's like like the second first leading into the bridge is like every lyric in there is <laughs> so, like whoa, and like I feel like people make the climax like the it's weird because the music, the musical climax is like further down in the song, like it's it's towards the end of the bridge, but like I feel like the biggest like she says like if I could take it all back like I would like I wish I was never pregnant I wish I never married Earl. Which I feel like is like a yeah, like big claim verse to make. It's so crazy. Like, like she even says, you know, um, uh, if I'm honest, I I would give like yeah, like, um, you're not what I asked mm-hmm. for. If I'm honest, I know I'd give it all back for a chance to start over. Oh, and you could have yeah, like that's like or crazy. the husband <laughs> or both, like, uh, uh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> have a moment like that in the show she's not like vulnerable like her big solo yeah. is like roxy and she's like you know i'm gonna be famous and that's what i want and i'm like okay. <laughs> you do you yeah <laughs> or like 
in the beginning you like you like think you like like oh she's a relatable character yeah. in the beginning of funny honey and then <laughs> amos like catches her in her lie and she's like i literally hate well, you, you. like get out of my it. life you're the worst <laughs> because you're all for me <laughs> what was I supposed to do? oh my god See? Mm. yeah it's very different <laughs> yeah and you can like it like especially like velma like you can kind of see like emotion in velma <laughs> But, like, Rock, and, like, you can kind of sympathize with her because, like, even, like, the fact that Roxy, like, stole all of Velma's, That's why like, I like Velma her more. whole act. She just seems like, more, like, human. Because <laughs> she just gets treated worse. Like, yeah. she just spotlight, even though she used to, right. and, like, even though her and Roxy, because her and Roxy are very similar, but it's Roxy's moment. She's, right. you know, famous. And the papers and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you have any like last thoughts? Oh, oh, I like waitress favorite? better. Yeah, pretty. It's it's my yeah, favorite me too. of all time. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh it used to be wicked oh. for a long time, but seeing it, seeing waitress like in person, just changed everything for me, and. Oh my, I, oh, I just love seeing it in person, and I literally couldn't listen to the soundtrack for a bit after that, because I was like, it's not going to be the same, it's all different now, like, Shoshana, just, yeah, I just can't, and, but, oh, yeah, it's, I just love it so much. Super unique, and I just love how, like, it was a movie first, but, like, people didn't really, not care about it, but, like, it wasn't super successful, but now, like, I think it's very rare for musicals to a be based on movies and do really well, and because usually, like when you mm-hmm. see that, you're like, "Oh, well, the original was better," which would be the movie. But in this case, the musical is like definitely better, right? And especially like the fact that they based it on a movie exactly. that like people don't really know, like yeah, like Mean Girls. Like Mean Girls was set do well because everyone mm-hmm. knows the movie Mean Girls. School- like like yeah yeah, exactly like they're set up to do well because the movie is already good but then like the fact that they just took a movie that like was it's a good movie but like not that many people know what it is and then they changed it into this exactly that's crazy yeah I like definitely appreciate Chicago because like they are really similar and I Chicago's a lot Chicago of fun for too. Being, like, it's like that like prohibition, the roaring twenties, yeah. like the jazz, the mm-hmm. whole style. I like the aesthetic of it. Very fun that way. Yeah, and Chicago walks yeah. so waitress <laughs> can run. Because <laughs> like I like the more I think about it, like if if a musical like Waitress came out in like nineteen seventy five, like I don't. Like the reception would not you know, have like, been as good because Why would you like, want to watch that type. Right, exactly. Whereas like Chicago, wife. like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like Chicago, like it's more, it's more relatable. Well, not relatable. It's easier to digest because you can still like say like, oh, she's a bad person. Like I would never do that. But, like, you still, you can, like, enjoy it, so then, like... Yeah, like, it's just meant to be bad. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be wrong. Right. 
when waitress yeah, exactly. like tackles the idea of like is this wrong or is this right like it's okay Which, right comp yeah all right um any final thoughts um, anything else you want to add i don't know if this is like a controversial opinion but i i feel like a soft place to land is low-key an underrated song of waitress because it's like a song people don't really like know from that musical and like i just love it it's like one of my favorites it's like the three girls like yeah. they're all they have and they all want a better life and i just like oh that song just like me sometimes and i'm just yeah i agree i think it's a really mm-hmm. like pretty song i think it's like kind of like glossed over because it doesn't really like it doesn't yeah. like bring any new ideas to the table because it's just kind of the vibe <laughs> you get but like they they make the vibe like come and out in the music it's like a slower song it's like a ballad like, and it's not like a dance number or anything it's just that but they're all being honest yeah like, i'm not and i you know i haven't mm-hmm. been for a long time and we're right. just dreaming yeah their goals which kind of get in the end so yay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming yes, on and talking you. about these. This was such an interesting discussion. I like, know. I like this these, got like, really deep. Again, I was like, how are we going to make Chicago and Waitress relate to each other? Like, I just could not see it, but like, they really are similar. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for coming on. The next episode is <gasps> oh, it's a it's a it's secret back. which. Which musicals it's about. Wait, is it your last Ooh. Is I it your last episode? You what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I already recorded it, but it's episode five after this. Um, but yeah, they're, I feel like, kind of known as some of the best musicals <laughs> Wait, is it ever. more than two? So. I've excited. Oh. No, it's just two. But, like, I feel like they're kind of, like, the two best musicals from Ooh. their generation. Mm-hmm. So. Hey. <laughs> All right. So see you yeah. <laughs> hopefully soon. We can go to Half Apps maybe or yes. a bonfire or something. Yeah. All yeah. right. Big thank you to Wikipedia and other more reliable sources for being so helpful in the creation of this podcast. Um, synopsises, synopses were taken from Wikipedia and Musical Theater International with edits made for time. Thanks for listening.